You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Dolphins play at 1 p.m. Eastern time against the defending champion Atlanta Falcons this weekend uh, coming off a bye week. So the Dolphins are currently 12-and-a-half-point underdogs. It's been a while since I've seen them underdogs by that much. Looking at the injury report, doesn't look like Devontae Parker is going to make it this one. Suffered an ankle injury against the Titans. Uh, on the Falcons' end, they're set to be without uh, starting wide receiver Mohamed Sanu and defensive end Courtney Upshaw. Good news on their front. They had the bye week to catch up on some injuries. They should get Julio Jones back, as well as Vic Beasley, two pro bowlers, as well as right right tackle Ryan Schrader and safety Ricardo Allen. Paul, uh, the Falcons at least showed in the last contest that they are capable of getting beaten. And, you know, we all know about the Super Bowl hangover. Paul, if the Dolphins somehow, some way, find themselves in a position where they can upset the Falcons here. They've got the Jets and the Ravens after that. Two very winnable games, and then possibly the season could start to get pretty fun. Yeah, it really could. I mean, Dolphins definitely owe the Jets a little bit here coming up in a couple of weeks. But your your version of good news for the Falcons there, oh, God, I mean, Julio Jones coming back is is definitely going to be a challenge for uh, the Dolphins' secondary here. I mean, the good news – for Dolphins fans in this upcoming one is the Dolphins' strength is very, very obviously their defense. The Falcons' strength is their offense, so you're really going to have some serious, serious competition between the defense and the offense here if everything goes the way it should. Uh, I think the Dolphins are fourth overall in scoring defense. Falcons are fourth overall in scoring offense. So this could be a fun one to watch. The only thing that really doesn't look like a pro NFL-style thing at this point is the Dolphins' offense. Jay Cutler needs to uncork and just throw the damn football. Devontae Parker missing is going to be a little hindrance to that. But you've still got Kenny Stills, who's been running wide open deep 
plenty. And I know we keep beating up, beating the dead horse on that, but you've got a true deep threat running deep, running open, and doing it well. And just you've got your quarterback on cork at it two yards to, to J.J. or two yards to Jarvis Landry or two yards into the ground. And it's disappointing because this defense deserves so much more than what they're getting from that offense right now. Yeah, their offense is pathetic. And defensively, yeah, you're right, that is the strength of their team, specifically the run defense. Last week they answered the challenge against DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, which is no small task the week before that against New Orleans. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara had less than three yards to carry. So that's really where the Dolphins have to focus their energy on here. The Falcons running back tandem of Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman averaging 4.71 yards a carry this year. So the Dolphins really have to make the Falcons as one-dimensional as possible. I did like what I saw last week against the Titans, where finally, finally, they're not playing 10 yards off the football. They're charging the line of scrimmage, and they're saying to the opposition, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us over the top. And that's what they have to do in this game. Get those young cornerbacks, uh, Cordrea Tankersley and Xavier Howard, up in the faces of those wide receivers. And if they win, and the Falcons receivers with Matt Ryan throwing them the ball, are probably going to win that matchup. But at least you go down swinging in that situation. The good thing, too, about having those press man corners playing up on the ball is you're delaying wide receivers, which is giving that core in the middle of Miami's defense in Indomitian Sioux, in Davin Gachow, in Cameron Wake, in William Hayes, in Charles Harris, in Andre Branch, a little bit more of a chance to get to the quarterback because of the fact that you're knocking these receivers off their routes and the quarterback has to hesitate for just that extra millisecond. So instead of seeing them occasionally hit the guy after he's thrown the ball, now that extra millisecond, they're drilling him as he's cocking his arm back, before he's cocking his arm back, forcing fumbles, forcing turnovers, which which only elevates the play of the secondary because now if the quarterback gets gun shy, he may not be making as good of throws just trying to avoid the sack. So there's a lot that that does for you. I'm, I'm really happy to see them doing that. It's also going to be a big matchup for rookie defensive tackle Davin Gottschaw. He'll be going up against Andy Levitre and Alex Mack, one of the better center guard combos in the league. If he can pass that test, man, we've got a player on our hands. And, and Dominican Sue usually should be his usual dominant self going up uh, against against the Falcons' right guard, uh, Wes Schreider. So, James Jaye needs to get back on track. We're not quite sure when that's going to happen. might not be this week because the Falcons' run defense pretty solid. They're allowing 3.68 yards to carry to opposing starting running backs. They've, they've held all four running backs they faced, which are for some pretty good ones. LaShawn McCoy, Amir Abdullah, Ty Montgomery, Jordan Howard, to all under 76 yards. It will help the Dolphins become less one-dimensional, and eventually that's got to happen. But one matchup I'm really looking at here with Devontae Parker expected to be out is this is a game that Jakeem Grant needs to get deep, and it's a game where the Dolphins need to take some shots at him. He's going to be matched up in the slot, you would think, against Brian Poole, who is a good cornerback, a good nickelback, but not the fastest guy, too. So, what other matchups, Paul, do you see on offense the Dolphins need to take advantage of or at least try to get something going here? 
I kind of want to talk a little bit about that JHI thing you just said because he really does need to get going. And what's really going to help him do that is if Jay Cutler can improve his decision-making, start making some throws that are beyond five yards from the line of scrimmage, and really forcing the defense to play honest. Because right now, defenses don't have to respect what Jay Cutler's doing. They really don't. And when when that's the case, they're able to come up and just smash in the run game. If they're able to get that defense to spread itself a little bit, that's where JHI gets absolutely lethal. If he's if he's running into one on one matchups with a defensive player, my money's typically on JHI to, to win that. So if Cutler can get going just a little bit, he doesn't have to be an all pro. I, I'm not expecting him to be an all pro, but he does not have to be an all pro. He just has to complete just your average passes. That's all he has to do to get that run game going because the defense has to play honest and respect the pass. And and then you've got Jay Ajayi being able to rip through a few gaps, having a few more cutback lanes to choose from, and suddenly Miami's offense is okay. With this defense, that's all Miami's offense needs to be is okay, and they're going to do all right. So, Jay Cutler needs to get going more than anything, and I'm not even saying get going to the point of being something special. I'm just saying get going to the point that you can open up the run game for Jay Ajayi. I remember looking back at the preseason game. I can't remember which one it was. In fact, I think it was two in a row where I saw the offense, and I know preseason is not a good barometer of how you're going to play during the regular season, but uh, I looked at the preseason games, and on, on offense, the Dolphins would run, throw it deep, run, throw it deep, run, throw it deep. And in doing that, the middle of the field would start to open up. And, and I think that uh-huh. they can still be able to do that. I, I don't know why they're making things so complicated for themselves. I, I'm very surprised by this play calling here this year. I'm very surprised by not getting Jakeem Grant and Kenyon Drake a little bit more involved here. I don't know if it's a familiarity thing with Jay Cutler, but what's going on right here is not working offensively. I mean, you look at the be- from the be- first quarter of the Jets' loss through the Saints game to the fourth quarter of the Titans' game. For- I mean, if you take out that garbage touchdown against the Jets and you factor in that the Dolphins scored 10 first-half points, which were exclusively on defense, uh, one was a defensive touchdown. The other one was three points when the Dolphins got the ball very, very close to field goal range. They went almost 11 quarters without scoring a legitimate NFL touchdown. I mean, it, this is not just, hey, they're struggling. This is off the charts pathetic at this point. You better start doing a little bit something differently. Yeah, and, and you don't have to take huge shots. You you just need to, like, and you don't have to do it regularly. You just need to take a couple of them to force the defense to be honest because if the defense has to sit there and go, okay, they're going to try to go over the top on us if we keep coming up, that's all you need. It's not rocket science. It's not this huge, elaborate, ridiculous game plan even. It's literally just, hey, look, we've got these routes over here. I'm going to draw them on my chest. You run down that way. I'm going to throw it. And then you run down that way. I'm going to throw it. All right. We did that. All right, now it's open for Jay Ajayi to, 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 to run one of these ones here. I mean, that's how simple this playbook could be to just be average, and they're not doing that. So they need to really get back to doing that. 
I mean, it's it's going to be interesting because if the Dolphins can find themselves taking some shots downfield, just get a couple of touchdowns uh, up on the board offensively, and, and then be aggressive on defense, try to win that turnover battle, the, the Dolphins might be able to surprise some people in this game. The, the key thing for me is to continue to play as aggressively on defense as, as you did against the Titans. I, I hope that wasn't a one-game mirage where, you know, we come out all jacked up, we're, we're swarming the line of scrimmage, we're pre- pressuring Matt Castle, but that happened because of the level of competition. I mean, this Falcons offense here is no joke. So a lot of interesting matchups, Paul. Uh, how do you see this game going? It's going to be a tough one. It really is. I think the defense is going to do better against the Falcons offense than some people think, and I could really see it going one of two ways with Miami's offense. I could see the scenario – where they finally do open it up a little bit, just to show you how shaken my faith is in Jay Cutler being able to open it up at this point. I actually had mulled over in my head over the past couple of days whether or not this, this team would be better with Matt Moore, and you know what that would take for me. So it, it's <laughs> I'm going to go 23-20, and I know I'm predicting an upset here, and, and my brain is literally flipping the two back and forth in my head as I'm running through it. But I think Miami can pull this one out here. And and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I think Miami can pull this one out here. I think the way that the defense has been playing, it's got to elevate the offense at some point. I, I think Miami plays up in this one. I know Dolphins fans are traveling in force for this one. There's a huge group with the Atlanta Dolphins fan club. I know – Mark Angelo, who you got to meet out in Tennessee a couple years ago. His whole crew is going out to Atlanta for this game. Solo D is bringing a whole bunch of folks with him. So Miami should have a good presence in the stadium. And I think Miami pulls it out here. I hope they pull it out here. Fingers crossed, but 23 to 20. I think I'm going to go with 30 to 13 Falcons. I, I don't see the Dolphins being able to shut down the Falcons offense like the Bills defense did a few weeks ago when they were missing Julio Jones. Offensively, I just don't see the beginning of anything that resembles an answer. And and Jay Cutler is the biggest part of that. Yes, I want Matt Morin. And if this is a 17 to 3 game at halftime where the Dolphins can't even muster an offensive touchdown yet again, the Dolphins have been unable to get an offensive touchdown in each of the first four games. If you make it five here, I, I don't know what to say at that point. I mean, I, I, I don't see anything resembling an answer. I think the Dolphins get, get handled pretty good here. I'm going to say 30 to 13 Falcons. So don't mean to end the show on a terrible note, but, you know, when you're not scoring anything offensively, that's how it goes. Luckily, the defense is playing well. and gives When your defense is playing well and you have a running back in JHIA who is waiting to break out, anything can happen. That will do it for our preview of the Dolphins-Falcons matchup. You're listening to Cat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on the Fence side on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. The Dolphins' next game is going to be hopefully a revenge game against the New York Jets, and Paul and I will be sure to break down the Falcons matchup as well as the upcoming Jets matchup next week. And if it's not on the right side, it's not on the left side, it is on the Fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side, left side. or the right, right side. side. And it must be the fin side. Left. 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.